Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with your Daily VR Investing Podcast. Hope everybody had a good start to your week today. Uh, the market certainly did. Uh, got a lot to talk about today. Going to talk about all-time highs across the board again today. Even as the VIX was up 11.5% today. That's interesting. Um, especially with the markets at extreme overbought on steroids. That is overbought as you can get, folks. That's redlining across the board on all of our VRA indicators, period. That's where, that's where we are. But does it matter? We'll, we'll, we'll tell you why it may not matter today. There's just so many indicators about what this really is, which is a big, broad melt-up. It's a big, broad melt-up, folks, and it's going to continue. You remember, I'm not quite this old, but 100 years ago this week, Tyler shared this with me last night. A hundred years ago this week, guess what started? The Roaring Twenties. Stock market really kicked off the bull market of two, uh, excuse me, 1921 to 1929. Kicked off this week, a hundred years ago. That week, the Dow Jones rose 20% in a week. And it was on. It was on. The Roaring Twenties were on. Dow Jones went on that, that over that eight-year bull market Went on to rise, uh, get this right, 380%. You know, a lot of people have been saying, this, we know from history that it sometimes rhymes and sometimes it repeats. We think this is going to be a little repetition here. Matter of fact, a lot of repetition. Uh, we've made the analogy a lot to the 1995 to 2000 melt-up, which of course I worked through, uh, pretty active in. Uh, maybe the more apt uh, analogy here is the Roaring Twenties of the ninth of the twentieth century. We're now, of course, in the twenty first century. Always a little confusing for me. I'm a simple Texas man. I'm gonna say, but uh, there are a lot of reasons to think that we could have a multi year melt up. As you know, of course, that's what we've been expecting here for some time. Uh, but let's talk about the markets first, and I'll go through a few things we saw today. Uh, talking about this, this uh, god awful infrastructure bill. Thirteen Republicans. Join the left to vote on this. 12% of it, 12% goes to, toward infrastructure. This is, uh, this is it's pretty dangerous stuff here, folks. But, uh, hey, it, it's, it's, it's going to work on the stock market. It's, we're going to see a lot of inflation. We're already seeing it. But it's also going to work on the stock market because that's what inflation does until it gets ugly. Uh, but we have time. We have time for that. Uh, Dow Jones today, record high, 104. Uh, 36,433, 36,400. Goodness gracious. Um, we had to raise our target. For our book, The Big Bribe, when we first started writing the book, our target on the Dow was 75,000. That, that, was, that was it, The Big Bribe. The, the, the Dow's moved to 75,000. But it, you know, it takes a little while to write a book and to get it published. You know, And the months that transpired, we had to raise our target on the Dow to 100,000. Because, again, it, it was 36,000. We'd be halfway there now. Remember, we've been bullish since 18,000 in the Dow, so we've come a long way. The market's doubled, okay? We've had a long way in a short period of time, uh, but that doesn't mean it's got to end. Uh, it doesn't mean that at all. I, I, I saw Dennis Gartman on TV today. Wrong way, Dennis Gartman, the single worst market prognosticator of my career. I'm sure there's been somebody worse, but of my career, of my 36 years, at least as long as I've known him, and he's got a, been around longer than I have, just an awful reputation of picking, picking bottom. Matter of fact, if you did just the opposite of what Gartman says, you'd be really, really rich. He, he, he said about a month ago, just before this latest big, big boom hire started, that the, bull, the next bear market had begun. That statement, not that day, not that hour, not that statement marked the lows and the market's turned because so many people do the opposite of what he says. It's just the way it is. 
you get some people that you can just do that with. They just have terrible timing and I don't know bad luck or whatever. But um, uh, anyway, Dow Jones record today, record Nasdaq up ten points, well off its highs today. Again, VIX today was up eleven and a half percent. Some hedging going on. Uh, the Fed just came out with a statement a minute ago. I'll read you a piece of it that doesn't sound very good. It's like they're calling a top. They're not good at that either, <laughs> unless they're cause unless they're causing the crash or the uh, bear market. They're terrible at market timing themselves. As again, history proven that time and again. Rust 2000 all time high, just up five points. Again, we had kind of a soft close, not not weak, just not a great afternoon of trading. SP 100 up four, all time high, 4701 there, 4701 up 4700 now. Uh, on the SP 500. Um, yeah, so the Fed just came out moments ago. I'm going to read this to you. This is their quote in their new 85 page report that is called the Fed's Financial Stability Report. Here's what it says The Fed warned that prices of risk, risky assets keep rising, making them more susceptible to perilous crashes. If the economy takes a turn for the worse, boy, is that a that's some real rocket science going on right there. I got to tell you, that is some real rocket science. Uh, asset prices remain vulnerable to significant decline should investor risk sentiment deteriorate. Progress on containing the virus disappoint or the economic recovery stall. The Fed warned in a list of four key vulnerabilities facing capital markets. All right, thank you for that, uh, uh, Jay Powell and team. Um, what else today? Um, I do have some things I want to cover today. You know, let me, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and talk about the internals and sector. Let's let's say that first because I want to I want to spend a couple minutes on this. I think it's important. You know, I think of you find the nexus. You know, the genesis of an event like coronavirus insanity, where you can find what you believe is the nexus of the genesis. Because folks, there are not coincidences of this nature. When Big Pharma, who has already made two hundred and fifty billion dollars, okay, when when you have that kind of revenue. And something that's happened over this compressed period of time, I don't believe in I don't believe in coincidences. I'm going to tell you step by step what I think really happened here. Because if you understand what happened, then you understand the game plan, the strategy. And I think that's one of the reasons we've been able to beat this market you know, for a long time is uh, you know, pretty consistently. It's because we ask those questions. By the way, got to speaking of asking questions, this Wednesday, as as you're, a lot of you already know. I am going to be joined on this podcast by another, none other than Dr. Gavin Yamey. Actually, it's, I think it's, it's Professor Gavin Ramey, MD. He is, uh, he's an in-the-system guy all the way at Duke University. He founded, I'm going to get this right, he founded and is the director of the Center for Policy Impact and Global Health. CFP, that doesn't really, that's not an acronym that means anything. I thought it would be cute. Uh, but, um, we, uh, got into a Twitter debate and it was, uh, it was chippy, but you know, we, we, I, I really want to speak to these guys that are in the system, these MDs and these, uh, medical experts, because we have so many legitimate questions that aren't getting answered. And, and I don't, I don't see doctors. Do you see doctors on TV that are, that are answering tough questions? Cause I don't anywhere. You know, they go on friendly networks or even Fox and they're just giving softballs, you know. Oh, you've done such a great job. Congratulations. What do you think about coronavirus? How, how many people are going to die next month from, from this de- deadly disease? That's pretty much it. And then it's just softballs. So I'm going to, first of all, tell Dr. Yamey, thank you. Because it's, uh, 
I'm telling you straight up, it takes courage for him to do what he's doing. I think he knows that. I think he has a pretty good idea that's the case. In an email to me, he, he did say he feels like he's going to the lion's den. He's not wrong. But we're going to keep it very professional. I just have questions. You know, we want to get the answers. And, uh, uh, you know, again, that's Wednesday afternoon. Uh, we'll record it. It's going to be a Zoom. And then we'll publish it immediately after, unedited, completely as it took place, as I promised him we'd do. Of course, that's, that's how we do everything here. We don't edit. We don't edit the truth. So please mark your calendars. Wednesday afternoon, uh, I'll post it on Twitter. Of course, you know, you sign up at VRAinsider.com for our daily podcast alerts. You'll get it there. So uh, really, really looking forward to that. And again, I want to thank Dr. Yamey for agreeing to do this. Uh, uh, I think he knows he's putting himself in some jeopardy here. And it, it, uh, that tells me he's got some, there's some good in this man. It tells me there's some good in this man. And I'm expecting to be, to be I, I'm expecting a very good interview with Dr. Uh, Gavin Yamey on Wednesday. I hope you can join us uh, for at least the recording. Um, sector watch today and under the hood internals. Let's start with there. The internals today were f- just banging this morning when the market opened. And again, we had some weakness today, but look, we, we finished positive across the board. This is a complete victory for the internals. Massive 52-week high lows again now coming in. We're starting to get those numbers we, held, we saw back in February, March. You know, we had 600, 700. We had one day with 900 stocks hitting new 52 highs. Today wasn't quite that, but folks, we're looking like, we're like in the uh, 650 territory to only about 80 stocks hitting new 52-week lows. Advanced decline, positive across the board. Again, these weren't big beats, okay? But they're beats. And I will tell you, though, the volume for NASDAQ came in, what is that? Uh, that's that's two and a half to one positive. Uh, NASDAQ, uh, NYSE, not quite there, not quite two to one. But again, these are good numbers. Again, it is amazing with this market that's overbought. But this is how melt-ups happen. They, they just go and they keep going. And people that sell and take profits too soon are left their, their finger you know, uh, <laughs> you know what? And they're like, what do I do? I can't buy back in now. I just sold. And, uh, you know, we did sell our semiconductor position uh, in the VRA portfolio. Uh, and that was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> it was a big mistake. Uh, but we sold it last, what was it, Thursday, I think. And, of course, all it's done is gone up since then. But still, I mean, we made 52% in three weeks. So I can't complain with that. Uh, but that's the only position so far that we've liquidated. We have everything else long, and we're doing, I will tell you, the portfolio is performing pretty well right now. Um, come and join us and check it out for yourself. VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. We'd love to have you come join us. We've got a great community here. And uh, I think, you I think you know, like a lot of our folks tell us, we're so lucky to hear this. You know what? I'm not ever not going to be here. You know, I, we, I love the community and uh, the fact that we report. We report the truth. You know, how can I say that? Because the truth sometimes, you know, is a little subjective, is it not? No, the truth is never subjective. Your point of view may be subjective, but the truth is the truth. And uh, if there are things that I'll just say, this is my opinion, then you know. But there's some things that are just the truth. And, uh, and that's, what we, that's, that's where we operate, right there. Um, and uh, things we don't have the answer to, we'll just tell you what we think. But... Um, Anyway, very good day in the market today, in our sector watch today. Again, a little lighter there. We had, uh, what, six finish higher, five finish lower. Materials up 1.2%. Energy had a good day today, nine tenths of 1%. Utilities, that was the big group got hit today, down 1.4%. We are actually looking at the utilities for another trade, if you can believe it or not. I just, my whole career, I've never traded utilities, and we just pulled off a really good trade about a month ago, and uh, now looking at the group again. 
Uh, but again, all, all you can say is this is a very healthy market and in saying anything else would not be the case. Uh, so let me tell you what I wrote today because we spent some time on this here. This is really going to be for people that, that like to uh, hypothesize. But again, if you can find the genesis, if you can find the nexus, then I think you find the strategy. Because folks, we're run by cartels. I mean, let's just there, there's a there's a a deep state. There's a there are planners. Call them whatever you want to. The intelligence community of the world, our shadow global government. That's that. And of course, central banks part of that. The banking cartel, most powerful cartel of the seven cartels. What they want, they tend to get. And what they want right now is more liquidity. Now, why would they want more liquidity? Well, when coronavirus insanity first started, if you were here with us, as we pulled our hair out day after day, it just made no sense. It just made no sense. By the way, uh, by, by not making sense, let me explain. One of the things, and I can't wait to ask Dr. Yemi about this, today the, the, the Italian Health Administration, whatever it's called, the, uh, the, 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 the Italian Ministry of Health, or whatever they call it, came out and said, uh, no, we did not, we have not had, I want to get this right. I want to, I tweeted it out today. I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much time here on this, but let me just tell you approximately. Italian Ministry of Health said, we didn't have all these deaths that we reported. So we're going to correct that. And they corrected it just by a little bit. They dropped the official number, the COVID death toll, the Italian Institute of Health, from 130,000 dead to under 4,000 dead. 130,000 to 4,000. If the same change to the death totals, percentage-wise, was made here in the U.S., that correction would take U.S. deaths from over 700,000 to about 21,000. It would have a 96% reduction. Died with, died from coronavirus. That's what the Italian Ministry of Health said today. Too many people said they died with coronavirus. From They didn't die from it. They died with it. It was in their blood. It was counted incorrectly. And they've gone back. I tell you what, our government is going to have, they're going to have to do this. Institute of Health, CDC, are going to have to come out and tell the American people the truth. Because we're already learning it. And so when you learn the truth, but then you find out your government's lying to flat out lying to you about a really important topic. Yeah, how morbid is this to be lying about the number of people that die? How can you get more twisted? And nobody in the media is talking about it. Dr. Yami and I will have this conversation on Wednesday. I want his reaction to this. Speaking of uh, other things that drove us crazy, all of a sudden the various reports don't matter. They just don't matter. This is the various data is published by the CDC. It's the only thing that we have, right, that tracks vaccine adverse reactions and things like this. Here's what the latest various report says. Today, this is the, in, just inside of, what, two years, folks? No, inside, it's a year since, since the vaccine's been used. Eight, just in the U.S., 856,000 adverse reactions, 28,000 permanent disabilities, and 18,078 deaths. And they want to start giving our kids vaccinations with this kind of a reality. This is twisted, folks. This is sick and twisted. And, you know, I know that they like to, um, you know, propagandize and say, there's, oh, this is just, just so anybody can fill those out. It's just like a scam report. Oh, my God. I mean, that's just a bald-faced lie. And you got to call them on it. Anybody that says that is an idiot. They are just an idiot 
or they're really ill-meaning, like they're purposely lying to you about a most important issue. Call it what it is. I think we need more people to stand up. I know, I know a lot of you are, uh, but we need... Where, where are our leaders, really, in this country that you would expect would be saying what I'm saying here? They're afraid. Why are they afraid? Because they know the permanent ruling class will end their careers if they step out of line. Back to that. The genesis, the nexus, where, where things begin. From the very beginning, because it, none, nothing made sense, from the very beginning, we had a couple of three top theories. One of them was that, okay, now we know why the, the reverse repo crisis started in, at the end of 2019. When banks were flooding overnight, banks were flooding the system with liquidity demands, and the Fed was having to, 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 make, it, to make it right. And uh, nobody could figure out what was going on. Well, I think now we know. Liquidity was being drained from the global system by people that knew what was about to happen. They were getting a jump on it, raising capital, selling positions. Finally, the, here comes the game plan, right? Coronavirus, insanity. And um, had, a, had the Fed and central banks globally, along with governments and fiscal stimulus, had they not acted, where would we be? Well, we, we'd have a complete economic disaster, obviously. So I guess you can give them credit from one point of view that they circumvented that. But folks, this is a long time in, in, in the planning, right? How long did they plan this fucking thing? $35 trillion has now been added to the global uh, economy. Fresh liquidity, only monetary and fiscal, right? $35 trillion, all inside of 19 months. We had $10 trillion injected by the end of April 2020. <laughs> that tells you as quickly as they pulled it together that it was that it, they had it they had it drawn up. So when you see something like the infrastructure uh, bill uh, deal get done, one point three trillion dollars of nothing but just porculous, ugly stuff in here that that thirteen Republicans voted for. That tells you again, tells me at least that the permanent ruling class gets what they want. That's what they wanted. They've got to keep liquidity coming. And again. There's a part of me that says, okay, fantastic. The stock market's going up. Real estate prices are going up. We're making money. People are getting at least uh, more whole financially. Not, not, of course, the majority, but those of us that have the ability to make money in this environment, to invest, to buy real estate, right? Uh, to read between the lines and say, okay, they're, 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 they're really inflating this thing, aren't they? It's going to keep going. This is, this is a bubble. This is a bubble, isn't it? Okay, I got to be part of it. So from that point of view... I think a lot of people are going, okay, just keep going then. I mean, we're already in this mess. Let's, uh, what are we going to do, right? Let's keep going. So there's, de there's definitely two sides of this coin. But the genesis, again, was that this, this is a pandemic, and now they're executing it, and boy, are they ever. I started down this road after 9-11. They passed the Patriot Act within five weeks of the attacks. <laughs> within five, it didn't take a rocket surgeon to figure that out. Then... Uh, it, from 2004 to 2006, the Fed hiked interest rates 17 straight times. Didn't have to be a brain scientist to see that housing and the financial cry, uh, crash that was just about to happen. I was on stages all over the world warning about this. Banks got $800 billion out of that deal. Now, they had to pay it back, but they used that money to take control of the U.S. financial system and economy. They were buying, swap, swap, uh, snapping up everything like they're doing now. Biggest buyers in the housing market, right? And then, of course, the biggie, the bankers, central bankers. Quantitative easing was born 
Our financial masters of the universe breathed their first breaths. Made them permanent big men on campus, didn't it? Don't fight the Fed, folks. That, that's kind of what we're talking about here. So, you know, this was our theory back then. This is not anything new. We've been talking about this now for a year and a half. So you don't need to be a conspiracy theorist to figure out that this was a pandemic. And it smelled fishy right from the beginning. This is now the part where some people get tuned out. Because I've been saying this for a while, and I believe it to be exactly the truth, which is why I keep saying it. A lot of Trump fans don't like this about me, but I didn't find Trump. Trump found me. And I think a lot of people, I speak for a lot of people that say that. I thought, I thought Trump, when, you know, again, he had his apprentice show. I mean, I wasn't a fan. Uh, but after watching him on, you know, the, when he was running, obviously fell in love with the guy. Still am, of course. Trump is the man. <laughs> There's no doubt. Trump loves America. He is the bloody man. But guess what? Trump had to win in 16. And then guess what else? Biden had to win in 2020. Here's why. Again, just so far, Big Farmers made $250 billion. I don't believe in coincidences, okay? So the question is, if Hillary Clinton had won in 2016, not Trump, would red states have ever supported the insanity of lockdowns and forced billion business closures by the millions? What would red states have done? What would we have done? Oh, we have said F you. Oh, double barrel. There is no way, no way that would have happened. Now, next, next election. Had Trump won a second term, would Trump have supported these uh, uh, authoritarian jab man mandates of Biden? Would Trump have aggressively forced the vaccine down everybody's throats like Biden's doing? No. Big Pharma wouldn't have made their money. And Trump certainly wouldn't be going after kids right now with these uh, whatever they are, whatever they are. Trump wouldn't be doing this. $250 billion is at stake. Coincidences like that don't happen. I've, I, I've challenged people that I've explained this to to prove me wrong. I get, I get a lot of people going, is that, is that possible? I don't know, but it, 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 give, me, give, me an, give me another story that makes more sense. Because on top of all that, again, $35 trillion now that the government, central banks have pumped in the economy. Now they own it, right? They, they, they own it. They have complete control of the economies and business. They just, they just, it's a big bribe. This is what they've done. And I, as I said this morning, if this is all, if I'm right, and this is all a pandemic, it first had to be Trump, then it had to be Biden, man, our planners, deep state, whatever you want to call them, boy, did they, do they really deserve a tip of the cap? I mean, just from execution. I mean, it's evil as fuck. But just from the point of view of execution and pulling this off, this is a global, my God, nothing like this has ever happened before. You have to say it's genius. You have to you have to tip the cap to them. Absolutely have to, right? As a businessman, as, if you built a business or if you tried to execute a game plan for just a year and you look at what they just pulled off, yeah. Uh, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't write this movie. Nobody'd believe it. Okay, another reason that uh, switching topics here. Um, and by the way, one more thing: if Trump was still president, the left remember they hated the vaccines. They hated him. Wouldn't take anything that Trump was backing. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't over and over. Kamala Harris said it. Biden said it. They all said it. They hated him. Hated it at first. Didn't trust it. And I can tell you right now, if Trump is still president, the left will be quoting the various reports like I am here. Talking about adverse reactions and deaths. 24-7, the various reports would be the Bible of the pandemic. You, we know how 
credible, MSNBC and CNN are, but they would have people on that filled out various reports nightly. Oh, you, you just filled this out. We wanted to talk to you. You, you, you have a hard time hearing. You, your heart, you're having heart issues, myocarditis. Uh, you, you, your, your child died, whatever. They'd be, they'd be fec- uh, focused on it every night. And by the way, that's, I, I have no problem with that. But that, they couldn't allow that. That couldn't happen. That couldn't happen. Biden had to win. Okay. Um, the next phase, bull markets. We saw the news today. Uh, and by the way, uh, buybacks now are authorized uh, buybacks for the share buybacks for 2021 are now at one tri- over $1 trillion. Obviously record, all-time record. Um, previous record, by the way, was 2016, excuse me, 2018 under Trump, of course. So that's financial engineering. People have always wondered, why are companies spending all this money to buy back their own stock? Why are they doing this? Well, it's corporate financial engineering. No, no different than central banks with their quantitative easing, also financial engineering, right? That's, that's, that's what's driving everything that's happening now in the markets. But I think we should pay attention to the news this morning. Toshiba Corp, massive Japanese behemoth, right? Toshiba Corp announced this morning, and I think I, my spotty senses tell me that this is the next driver of this bull market, folks. Pay attention to this. You, you're hearing it here first. I've heard nobody talk about this. I like being first. I'm first a decent amount of time. Toshiba announced this morning that they're dividing themselves into three companies. Now, it doesn't matter what they are, infrastructure, devices, semiconductors. That's the three. Who cares? But see, this is this is this is how they this is how the, all that share buybacks. This is how they unwind that. So they've bought back all their own stock, right? Not all, but they bought back so much of their own stock. There's locked up value there. That's why they did it. They felt they could make no other investment make more sense than buy back their own stock, right? Can't fault them for it. They're right. Look what the market's done. Reward them for that decision. Well, this is what happened next. This is how they unlocked that value because I ha- saw it happen to the dot com melt up too, folks. And investment bankers are salivating over this. They want to be involved in all these big corporate deals where companies start breaking themselves up to unlock the hidden value. Standard Oil did it a long time ago. Now we know Facebook, Google, et cetera. They all want to get broken up. They, 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 they complain and say they don't want to. Trust me, they want to. You, there's no better investment to make than a company that's about to be broken up because the sum of the parts is worth more than the whole, usually a lot more than the whole. What's significant about this, and you ask why is that going to make prices go higher. Well, that's going to create a lot of liquidity. It's going to make stocks look a lot cheaper because price-to-earnings multiples will come crashing down. As they spin these companies out, all of a sudden, you see earnings now being divided among three companies. That means earnings in, in, in the first initial company are going to be slashed. Folks, this is if this continues, and again, who knows? Maybe it's just going to be Toshiba. Maybe I get this wrong. Don't think so. I think this is something we have to pay a, a lot of attention to. I think this could drive this markets, well, maybe even to 100,000 in the Dow, which just happens to be our target. Pay attention to it, folks. Financial engineering, this would be the next phase, and it makes perfect sense. Companies breaking themselves up, and investment bankers are salivating. That's the real key to this. It's a real key. Um, uh, you know, I'll just make one more mention. No, you know what? That, that's it for today. I hope you can join us Wednesday uh, for my interview with Dr. Dr. Yamey. From Duke U, look for that uh, announcement. Oh, commodity watch. Got to cover this. Uh, good day today. Uh, oil today, uh, excuse me, gold today, up $9 an ounce, $18.26. Gold, I believe, is breaking out. The chart looks really good. Back over 200 day. 
Miners starting to play catch up. We got a ways to go. Seasonality is in our favor. These stocks have never been cheaper. Mining stocks have never ever been cheaper on on on, on every metric you can look at. There's not a single metric where where the mining stocks have been cheaper than they are today. Um, silver today at forty cents an ounce, twenty four fifty five. Copper up six cents, four forty. Oil today up a dollar a barrel, eighty twenty seven. Of course, by talking about rating the SPR, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve again to try to bring oil prices down. This man gets nothing. Uh, really gets nothing. If I didn't know better, I think he's playing for Republicans. I think he was a secret Republican because everything he does is the opposite of what he should be doing. It's opposite day with this man. Uh, he's like it's like Dennis Gartman. It's like Dennis Gartman with Joe Biden. Um, that won't bring oil prices down. It might have a short-term, very short-term impact, but the SPR is for emergencies, folks. Like we're attacked or there's big, big dislocation, a pipeline burst, and now they want to close. They, they, they're talking about setting down a pipeline that comes from Canada through Michigan to U.S. Uh, wow. 500,000 gallons of, uh, of oil a day. And uh, I mean, oil prices are headed higher. We believe that. That's how we're positioned. And we're looking to get even, even further positioned in this group as well. Again, oil today, a dollar a barrel, eight two twenty seven. Finally, Bitcoin, wow, 37, eight, up 37.04 today at 66,351. Another good day for Bitcoin. Folks, hope you had a great day. Again, always appreciate you listening. Love your feedback. And uh, we'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.